Lord. Happy New Year 2022. We'll see what this has in store for us. <laughs> Look, expect craziness from the world, but good things from God. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. If you made it through 2021, you can bank on him for 2022. We're eternal beings. We've accepted the Lord, so we go into eternity with God. No matter what happens here, our end is right. It's right and it's good. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. God is beautiful. He's beautiful to behold. Let him live in you. Let him live in our hearts. Let him dwell there, not just visits, but make him a permanent resident in your heart. How do you do that? Ask him to come in and ask him to stay. Stay, Lord, stay in my heart, purifying my heart, my motives, because they're corrupt without you. They are. I don't care what anyone says. We're saved, but we're corrupt. Okay, we're saved, but we have problems. Okay, and it's not just somebody else's problem against us. We're going around causing problems. The Lord needs to maintain a residence in our hearts. We need to want him there. We need to remember, you may not be there right now. That could be why I did such and such or acted in such and such a way. Right? Because how could I, how could I, how could I sin consciously aware of your presence in the way that you were there for me when I needed you? See, it makes a difference when you, when you see God show up in your situation. And you know that's nothing but God. And then at the same time, if you go and purposely sin, go and purposely do something you know is against his will, obviously you're not seeing him in the same way that you saw him when, you, when he delivered you. We want to see him that way so that we can see his purposes for us and that he loves us and that he cares about us and he's here to deliver us from evil, not tempt us because he doesn't tempt us. The Lord does not tempt us. Why is he here today? Because he's always been here. We're the guests, okay? This is his domain. We can live with him in his will or we can forfeit everything that he wants to give us. We don't want to forfeit any bit of it. We want to live abundantly. Abundance means more than we would have. Right? More than we could have. He wants us to have life and life in abundance. Abundance also includes peril. There will be some perilous maneuvering we'll have to go through. There's going to be some risks we have to take. There's going to be some things that we're going to have to do that we would wouldn't ordinarily choose to do we're going to need boldness and courage in this day a lot of people are falling they're failing they're falling away from the faith the bible says they would we're going to have to step up and stand against others and them because now they're rebellious they've turned against our lord meaning they turned against us too He'll make us able. If he doesn't come and get us today, he'll equip us with what we need today 
so that we'll see him tomorrow and be regarded as good and faithful servants. Bless God. Am I making sense? Let me know. <laughs> Bless God. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Let the Spirit lead. Lead. This is what he does. <laughs> Bless the Lord. We don't, she's right, we don't want to just talk off the cuff as we often do. Some of the stuff that we have to say may have a lot of legitimacy to it. Some of it. But if it isn't God-centered, it can be a waste of time. We're going to worship the Lord today. We're going to worship the Lord. We're going to begin inwardly here in our hearts. Not just the dance, not just the rhythm, <laughs> right? Not just the show. Because we can show each other, but we don't show God our genuine hearts based on a makeup. Right? Cosmetic appeal is not what he's looking for. It's a heartfelt relationship with the Lord. It's only something he can produce in us. Even to worship him, we need his help. Let's pray, saints. <clears throat> so, Father God, we bless you, Lord, right now, Lord. We bless you, Lord, for all you want to do in us. It's so much more than we think. It's always been so much more than we could ever imagine. Lord, while many of us are running around expecting a breakthrough, we need to see that you've broken through. We need to see you, Lord, your light, how it broke through darkness. how you're willing and ready to just overtake any form of darkness in us, Lord, with your marvelous light. Radiating throughout, Lord, all the nooks and crannies, the crevices, the cavities, everything inside of us, Lord. All our deceit and treachery, all our false love, all the shame and humiliation and embarrassment. Lord, all our cover-up, Lord. We need your light, Lord, shining through, Lord. Lord, so today we bless you, Lord, to just show us, Lord, the breakthroughs already happened. Let us experience the reality of a light that shines in darkness. Your light, Lord, that permeates everything against your will. Your light, Lord, that radiates the truth, the love of your son, the gift of salvation, your constant mercy. Lord, your mercies that fail not. Lord, we bless you today, Lord, for giving us, Lord, this, what a second day of the new year, the new year that we know. 
we're going to need you. While all hell is breaking loose, Lord, we can bank on your kingdom. We're going to need to see you, Lord. We need to see you more today than yesterday. Lord, we thank you, Lord. You are the good father, and we bless you, Lord, for being that. We need you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Bless the Lord. Bless God. We're going to read Psalm 147, 12 through 20 from the King James Version of the Bible. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise thy God, O Zion. For he hath strengthened the bars of thy gates. He hath blessed thy children within thee. He maketh peace in thy borders and filleth thee with the finest of the wheat. He sendeth forth his commandment upon earth. His word runneth very swiftly. He giveth snow like wool. He scattereth the hoarfrost like ashes. He casteth forth his ice like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? He sendeth out his word and melteth them. He causes his wind to blow and the waters flow. He showeth his word unto Jacob, his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. He hath not dealt so with any nation, and as for his judgments, they have not known them. Praise ye the Lord. Bless the Lord for the reading and doing of his word. Bless God who's holy. Now we'll receive our sister Maya, who's going to come and lead us in worship. Remember our worship. It's internal, and then the outward effect should be manifest from our internal connection with God. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. show forth his glory. We get to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. We get to come together. We get to see each other's faces. Hey. And we get to sing together praises to our glorious and great God. This song just says, there's a whole lot of things I don't know. I don't know how God does all of the things that he does. I don't know how our Lord figures all of that out. I can't calculate all of that. But what I do know is that I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. This is a song about the keeping power of our God. The keeping power of our God. Who is grateful for for eternal security. Grateful for the fact that We are saved, and once you're in his hand, you can't be plucked out. What a blessing. What a blessing. So I know whom I have believed. I don't know how it all works, and I don't know all the details. I can't do it over again. I can't reproduce it. But I know whom I have believed, 
And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. What a blessing. Let's sing together. Let's sing out loud, out strong. Let's sing with rejoicing in our heart, just bubbling over with joy and gratitude for what our Lord has done in and through us. All right.
hallelujah. We give you glory, Lord. You, the omniscient God, the one who knows all, sees all, the one who is able and almighty. We give you glory. Lord, thank you. We are we are in Christ. We're riding the coattails of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've forgiven our sins. You've brought us into your kingdom. You've adopted us as your children. We've been snatched out of darkness into his marvelous light. We're in the kingdom of your dear son. What a blessing. What a blessing. And regardless of what this year or this day or this hour may bring, we have the blessed hope. We have the the hope of glory. Christ is in us. And we can look forward to the moment when we shall behold our God. Seated on his throne, we will see, we'll see our Savior face to face. We will be able to lavish praise and worship on him with undefiled hearts, with clean hands in glorified bodies we shall behold our God and oh we will adore our God oh bless your name, we adore you now, we will adore you then we adore you our eternal God hallelujah Lord, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would receive our song, Lord. As we sing to you, Lord, may it not just be a pretty melody that that we've made in in these bodies that just kind of goes into the air and fades away, Lord, but may you receive worship. May you be honored. May you be pleased. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your cleansing. Thank you that we are redeemed and we can sing to you. We can approach your throne because of Jesus Christ, Lord. So please receive our worship as we sing Behold Our God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Lord, we want to bless you, Lord. We don't know how. Help us bless you, Lord. Help us adore you. Let us honor the Lord. Let us honor you now, Lord. Let us honor the Lord. Lord, let us honor the Lord. Let the redeemed say so. We honor you, Lord. Lord, we honor you, Lord, in spirit and in truth, Lord. Lord, the only way you communicate with your people, Lord, in spirit and in truth, we thank you, Lord, that today we're still standing here at Transforming Love Christian Center. We're still standing, Lord, against all odds. Lord, your church is still standing against all odds. Lord, we're still your body. We're still reflecting your light. Lord, we're still doing what we're called to do, Lord. Lord, we're still ministering the gospel to a dying world. Lord, we bless you, Lord. Lord, we bless you and we lift you up now. We lift you up in our hearts, Lord. We just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We adore you, Lord. Let us adore the Lord, our King. Let us adore the Lord. Give us adoration for you that we've never had before. Show us who you are, Lord. Show us who you are, Lord. And so much, Lord, that it doesn't destroy us because you're all-powerful, omnipotent, omniscient, all-aware. Our God. We just bless you, Lord. We bless you today. Here we are gathered in your name. We thank you, Lord, for our transmission, Lord, that goes across the airwaves, Lord. We thank you for our guests, Lord, all over the earth. We don't know who's looking, but you know. And we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for visitors that are praising your holy name with us today. We bless you, Lord, for an opportunity, Lord. Our meager ministry is making an impact for the advancement of your kingdom. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you. We measure up in your sight. We thank you, Lord. So thank you. Um, what we want to do is we want to give an opportunity for anyone that wants to give to our ministry. It's actually for your benefit. God really doesn't need our money. But it's something that we've been so prone to stay attached to. <laughs> really. That he loves to see us separate ourselves from the thing the world loves. For the sake of the advancement of his kingdom. Which is to our benefit. If you'd like to give, you can give online at transforminglovecc.org. You can go there and you'll see all the various ways to give. You can mail in your check, do it digitally through Zelle, PayPal. However, if you're here in this ministry and you're not using some of those digital means, do bring your checks and cash up. Right? I mean, really, bring it. You're being a blessing to yourself by blessing the Lord. Right? We're not one of those ministries, I have to say it, that because they're out there, that's running off with the money, buying Learjets and claiming God's blessing over it. We don't need Learjets. We need to further the gospel. 
please join us. And we also, we have a Bible study on Thursday night. And if you'd like to participate, please go to our website and sign up there. Uh, you can chat there. If you have questions, we meet on Thursday nights via Zoom. And we have a great time. Do we have a great time? Bless the Lord. If, if, if you're not... If you're not able to say emphatically that we have a great time because you're not showing up, show up. Then you don't have to lie or co-sign. <laughs> so now, did I get everything? So now we're going to move on to the sermon with our pastor, Walter Jamie Hawkins. Let's give him a hand. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Can you hear me? Amen. The truth is, is that, as I said some time ago, either last week or the week before, God sent his son, not just only to save our souls, but he sent his son to reign, to rule. Amen. Amen. Uh, It is unfortunate, I was saying on Bible study, that we have become so man-centered in our attempts to uh, worship the Lord and study the Bible. Everything is about what God does for us. Um, We don't know God, and we've stepped away from the study about God to where it's all about us, and that is to our detriment. Amen? Behold our God, seated on the throne. Come, let us adore him. Amen. And and the right view of God gives us the right comparison for ourselves. Otherwise, we will do nothing but bring him down to our level. And that is not who God is. Amen. Amen. And so we want to make sure that we are coming to Bible study. We are studying during this time the attributes of God, his character, knowing who he is, knowing what we've made up about him, seeing the contrast between the two, amen, so that we will be blessed, so we will understand our purpose for being here, amen? And our primary purpose here is not just for us to worry about ourselves and, and get concerned about the things that are going on in this world. Things come and go. Situations come and go. But our God remains the same, amen? Amen. And stepping into that brings a lot of people peace and joy during these times. Because without that understanding, we function in a fear that is not godly. Amen. So I just want to admonish you to uh, continue to come to the Bible studies that we have on Thursday evenings with Pastor, uh, Pastor Rick and Brother Dave uh, and myself. And we are going forward and looking into the Word to see who God is. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this time. I do not take it lightly, God. You are always adjusting me, Father, even on the things that I think I know. I am grateful to you, Father, that you've given me a humble heart when it comes to your word, Father, so that I'm teachable. Help me to remain teachable, Father. You are God, and I am just your servant. This is your church. You sent your son to die and purchase 
this church with his own blood, Father. He is the most precious commodity we have. He is the most precious currency in the universe, Father. And you gave him for your church, Father. Now I ask, God, that you would help us to see who we are, God. Help us to understand our purpose while we're here. Help us not to be um, unaware of the enemy's devices and schemes. His subtlety. Father, help us to depend on you and understand why we are here, Father. Let this be a transforming message. Help us to understand your love, your type of love. And I ask, Father, for your anointing today, Father, to do what I cannot do. You know where everyone is. You know where we are, God. And I'm thankful, God, for your patience. I'm thankful, Father, for your second chances, your third chances, your fourth chances. I'm thanking you, God, because you have not counted me out. As David said, I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to this church, God. No matter where we are, no matter how we are looking right now, God, you are here. And we know you are here, God. And I worship you and I thank you for that. Help us to grow from this place, God. Mature us in your word, Father. Help us to walk step by step as Pastor, I mean, as Mother Shirley mentioned today, following your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Some months ago, I preached these verses. We're going back to Galatians. Been waiting for the right segue to get into it, and now I have it. Amen. I don't just go ahead and go into a book. I want to know how to get back. So, you know, I allow the Lord to interrupt my regular scheduled program at any point in time. Amen. Because I get regular. (laughs) And we need the Lord to be able to lead this church. So some months ago, about a month ago, rather, I was preaching this uh, this passage in Galatians. We left off at 5.16, I believe. And I'm going to hit that passage again from around 13 to around uh, 16, I believe. And I believe the Lord has showed me something else. Uh, it doesn't change the scope of my, uh, the perspective that I have, but the scope of the message has changed. I saw something deeper because there was a part of this passage that I kind of skimmed over. And then when I went back to try to move forward, the Lord was letting me know, based on my study, that there was something I missed. Amen? Amen. One word changed this whole entire chapter in how I look at it. Amazing. Um, I believe that the Holy Spirit is pointing in this book of Galatians at the whole time to the goal of unity in the body. Amen? He's teaching unity in the body. Amen? The human body has the ability to get injured and to heal itself. Fall off a skateboard, that happens at my house all the time. The little ones fall, they skin themselves, they come running in the house and Normally, not because I'm insensitive, normally daddy will say, oh, it's not as big as you think it is. I know it hurts, but I don't want to give you stitches on a little slit (laughs) because they come in thinking they need surgery. You know how we are as kids. Oh, look, it's this big. And so 
What I tell them all the time is that the human body, if you just give it some time, will correct that situation. God has given the body the ability to do that. And when sickness comes, in most cases, the body may shut down for a time, but only for the purposes of repair. The amazing thing is that it returns to its normal function over just a little bit of time. Amen? However, there are some diseases that cause the body to fight against itself. Now, you will not see a person take their fist and strike their own face. That's something you would see externally. Nor will you see a person take a bat and bring it to their knee to shatter their knee. You will not see that. That's not typical. But disease is something that's normally happening internally that we cannot see. Something wrong on the inside that we cannot see. Uh, but trust me, if, if, it's, if you're diseased, there's something there, amen, that is attempting to destroy the body from the inside. Amen? Now, we are, as we know, if we've read our Bibles, the body of Christ. And when we are functioning properly, we serve each other in love by walking in the Spirit. I heard that this morning. I was like, okay. There's my sign. Amen. Galatians 5, 13 through 16. Galatians 5, 13 through 16. King James Version reads this. It says, for brethren, let me back up. Before I even get there, he says, the verse before, that I wish those who trouble you with false teaching would cut themselves, emasculate themselves, cut off. They're members even, since they think that you must be circumcised in order to make yourself right with God. Then he says, for brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, freedom. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love, and I had you underline this, and I want you to do it again. I want you to look at it again. But by love, serve one another. Serve one another, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Help me, Holy Spirit, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye are not, underline this, consumed one of another. I say this then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust, interesting word, of the flesh. Okay, so today's message uh, is entitled, The Spirit's Power for Unity. The Spirit's Power for Unity. Again, learning about who God is in comparison to who we are is essential for the body of Christ because we are not the head. Christ is. And this helps us to understand how much we need Jesus in order to function properly. There are times when we get ahead of ourselves when the body of Christ is not functioning, we're dysfunctioning. Amen? Amen. All right. Recap. The source of the conflict for the Galatian church 
is with, as I said, the false teachers and the confusion that they were causing amongst the believers. Amen? And what that developed was this division in the church. Subgroups, factions that were developing in the church. Some people were going with the law-centered folks, the legalism people. And some folks were deciding to, you know, pursue everything that they wanted to pursue based on this understanding that they had freedom in Christ. Amen? And such continued to the point to where it was, the Galatians church was in danger of ruining the faith, ruining their testimony, and ultimately destroying the church itself. Amen? And we're talking about this local assembly in Galatia. Okay? This fighting was causing the church to turn on itself. Wake up. The legalists were too busy looking at what's wrong with everybody else to focus on Jesus. And the liberalists or the licensed people, they were too focused on themselves trying to get permission for what the word clearly says that we should not do. Nobody's looking at Jesus. <laughs> okay? Amen? You got this group, you can't do nothing. You got this group, we can do anything. And there was a big fight that was caused in the church. Disunity. Galatians 5.13. For brethren, ye have been called into, unto liberty, freedom. Only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh. And I said that there is freedom in Christ. There are things that God forbids, and there are things that God does not restrict. And the church does not have the legal authority to strip away from what God has commanded, nor are we to add to what God has commanded, for that would lead the church into the very thing that the Galatians book was written for that would lead us into bondage, because God wants us free, but not free to get in bondage to sin, amen, free from all this legalism stuff that has nothing to do with how we get made right with God. Amen? All right, I'm not going to be before you long, hopefully. Don't use your liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love, sacrificial love, as I said, uh, that does not only think of self, okay? By love, serve, be the servant, be the literally slave. One of another. Woo! Okay? This is speaking of the individual believer living a pure life, not just for the sake of the individual, but living a pure life for the sake of the community. For I live pure not just so I can feel good about myself. I live pure because I'm concerned about you. Amen? I'm concerned about strengthening by love my, watch this, local assembly, because even though the body of Christ at large is huge, the bottom line is I come and see you every Sunday. I check on you during the week. I go to Bible study with you. I call you. Make sure I text you. I encourage you. So what I want to do is I want to make sure that my sphere of influence, the people that I see on a consistent basis, I am living in such a way that I don't cause you to stumble. I'm living in such a way 
Amen? That don't cause you to get caught up in something you can't get out of. Amen? Oh, the Holy Spirit, he's already preaching. Serve one another. As I said last time, just still recapping, this does not mean do chores for people. Okay? I said that last time. Does that mean I go over and do your dishes, walk your dog, take out your garbage, mow your lawn? Okay? That doesn't necessarily mean also that, you know, I can't wait to serve in a, in a church where we can make a thousand chicken dinners and raise money for chairs. That's, a, that's not what we're talking about here. Okay? The deal is here, I'm serving one another. I restrict myself for the good of others. I put restriction on, restrictions on myself for the good of others. Uh, you may be free to do certain things, but I said all things are lawful but not expedient. Amen? All right, just still re- recapping. Hang with me. Uh, you may be free to do certain things, but you, out of love for me, display God's best for me. Amen? Because that's what you want, so that I will be free. Okay? I don't want someone to stumble by my freedom, by my liberty. What's that saying? That's saying if I do that, I'm thinking only of me and not thinking of anybody else. Okay, so the focus is not just on purity and freedom for the individual. The focus is on purity and freedom for the body. Amen? Specifically, like in Galatia, TLC Church. Okay? All right. Verse 14. For the law is fulfilled in one word. Even this. Thou shalt love... thy neighbor as thyself. If I love me, I don't want you to trip me up. I, in this context, I'm loving my neighbor as myself. If I love me, I don't want someone to trip me up. So I don't go around tripping you up. Loving your neighbor as yourself. The law is summed up in all of these, all the things in the law are summed up in that. When it comes to loving God and loving your neighbor, there's certain things I don't do because I love you. Okay? And if I love myself, I'm going to be cautious with myself. I'm not going to walk down the street and put a stone in front of myself and then trip myself. I don't do the same thing with you. Okay? Again, that restricting love. He's just clarifying here. All right? Now, He's not saying go back to the law, for the law is fulfilled in this one word, love, right? He's not saying go back to the law. He's saying that the demands of the law, the exteriors, oh, Holy Spirit, you're bringing it back. The exteriors that I do to look holy, (laughs) the exteriors that I do that may be impressive to some folks, and may lift me up in pride. And all those things do not produce this Christ-like kind of love for others. Why, Jamie Hawkins? Because the focus is wrong. It's still about me. Are you getting that? All right. So the law was never meant to produce power to overcome <laughs> 
nor was it able to produce power to not be selfish or, as we would call uh, this thing, uh, it's called navel-gazing. Where I saw it this morning, where I go around just... Looking at myself, I'm so concerned about the particulars of me that I never look up and see who's around. Woo! Who's around me? Because my focus is, well, I got to be right. I, I, I am persuaded that he is able to keep that what he committed uh-huh, to be against that day. I am so assured of my salvation. Help me, Lord, that I am not so concerned about me being right with God. We've already gotten past that. Now I can take my eyes off of me and focus on you. The law causes you to focus on self. Are you seeing that? The liberty that Jesus gives us is now I have time and freedom and I'm not so inwardly focused tripping off of, am I right with you, God, by doing all these extra things to try to be right with God. Now I have time to focus on you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Amen. The law does not produce the kind of heart that will sacrifice for the good of others because you're too inwardly focused. Trying to make yourself right with God by your own good deeds it's still, as I said, focusing on yourself. But what Christ has done, he has freed us because we are now right with God, not by our own good doing, but by what he has already done. I can now go, hey, how are you living? Are you all right with Jesus? Are you okay? Amen. For the law is fulfilled, thou shalt love. Christ, if we're going to be like Christ, Christ was not here looking over his shoulder all the time, thinking that God was going to get him. I'm trying to paint this very simple picture to you so you can see what the law was doing and why Paul was so against you know, trying to fulfill the law by our good deeds when Christ had already done it. Christ was not trying to find out if he was, you know, secure with God. He was, no, he was right with God. He was free to live in such a way that he gave his life sacrificially for others. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. What does that word mean? Let's go a little deeper. I gave some examples before. Let's, let's try it some more. This is an agape love. You've heard the term. Let's try this. Agape love is not impulsive love. Where people feel good about one another or have many things in common. That's my girl. We hang. We Thickest thieves. We, I just love you, girl. Me and you. <laughs> Me and you. You know, yeah. There's something attractive about, you know, I'm talking about just friendships here. You know, there's something attractive about that person. It makes it easy for you to love them. 
That's impulsive love. Oh, you're in the video games? I'm in the video games. You like Madden? I like Madden. Now, you know what I'm saying? Are you in the music? I'm in the music. Okay, all right. You like fashion? Girl, I like them shoes. Girl, I like them shoes. Now we're friends. I just love you. <laughs> you know how we do. That's impulsive love. A marriage can fall apart if it's only built on impulsive love. Oh, many people mess up their whole family based on impulsive love. What do you say? They can fall out of love with each other based on how they feel. Uh-huh. Uh, they used to feel a certain way, but now they feel that way. It was this way in the beginning when it was cute and now it's tough and hard is that way. And because of that kind of love, now they're headed to divorce, uh, you know, and soon find themselves feeling the way they used to feel about you and somebody else. <laughs> you know how you see them? What husband you on? Three. I, I just fell out of love. I, you know, it's not the way it used to be. I don't know what happened. I just, but then I met Johnny. And now I feel the same way about Johnny as I used to feel about you. But it's over with you. And, and then Johnny, you know, requires some things. And now I don't feel the same way about Johnny as I feel the, the way about Bo. You, you know how it is. That's impulsive love. Marriage that's based on this is not solid. That's not agape love. That's impulsive love. Agape love is not impulsive love. Agape love is decisive love. Did you hear what I said? It's when I decide to love you, even though there are different areas where we don't really click. And there are days when I decide to love you when my impulses don't agree with that. Right now, I just want to get somewhere and sit down and be by myself and you know, do my nails or whatever, but I don't, you know, I can't do you right now. I don't feel that right now. It's going to be weeks before we really talk. Because my impulses, need, they need some time. Decisive love, that's different. Decisive love is agape love. We're not getting along. I'm going to love you. We're not seeing eye to eye on this. We're in an impasse. I'm going to love you. Huh? I don't feel you right now. I'm going to love you. Are you hearing it? Now, let's take those examples, friendships and in marriage, and place them into the church so we can see what is being said here. Let's apply this to the church because the body of Christ needs decisive love. It requires decisive love. Many of us have differences on how we see a lot of things, especially, <laughs> and I've seen this, especially when it comes to doctrine, holiness, what the Word of God says, how we see this, how you see that. And we contend to, if we're not careful with our words, Brother David, as you said today, we can cause unnecessary friction. All right, here we go. Step away from Galatians for a minute and go to Ephesians 4. Galatians 4, 11. Uh-huh. 
Now, these are the gifts that God gave to the church. Apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. Amen? Pastor, teacher, sometimes people see that the same. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. Here it is again, the body of Christ. Underline this, this will continue. So there's a building that's happening that's not fully constructed yet. Amen? Something must continue. This will continue until we all come to such unity, you see it, in our faith and the knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. We're not fully cooked yet, saints. Jesus is still working on his church, which means by default he's still working on you, even though you might think he's really just working on some other folks. Amen? This will continue until there is such unity in the faith and the knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. None of us have arrived yet, people. Okay? None of us have arrived yet. Then we will no longer be immature like little children, okay? Like children won't be taught. Here comes the doctrinal issue, just like in the Galatians church. One teaching over here, one teaching over there, okay? We won't be blown or tossed or blown about by every wind of new teaching or doctrine. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that sound like the truth. Folks crept into the church and they teach normally all kinds of things that land you into one or two extremes. Are you ready? All right? And it's normally license or legalism. That's normally where we end up. Eventually, wrong teaching is going to lead you to one, one, one or the other. Satan is subtle. Okay? So what ends up happening is I need to, license says, you know, I, I need to do whatever I want to do. Legalism is I want to add to what Jesus did in order to make myself holy since, you know, uh, you know uh, since, since he didn't do enough. Amen? Or license, I can do whatever I want. Uh, some form of these two erroneous teachings, it, it kind of all lands in these two extremes. All right? And in verse 15, instead, he says, instead of getting caught up in those things, we will speak the truth in love, in that sacrificial love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the church, the body, or uh, who is the head of the body, the church, rather. Verse 16, he makes the whole body fit together Perfectly. I love the way this translation says this. As each part does its own special work. Stop. Everybody's not like you. We are different. You're here for a reason. You're going to see or do something slightly different than how I would do it. Amen. It's the body of Christ. Amen? Not a collection of toes. All right? We're different. Uh-huh. And this, every part of, each part doing its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing. What? Full of what? Love. 
If we learn to appreciate our differences, we may find that we are growing the love and not the internal disease. Now watch how the Holy Spirit put this together. This blew me away. So here's what I'm saying, saints. Going back to Galatians. And I'll give me 5.16. We'll come back to 15 in a minute. There will be believers that are progressing on both sides of these extremes when it comes to finding the right balance that God has for them. Many of us, if we are honest, we are in the process of making incremental adjustments from both extremes. Some of us, are coming from extreme license. Some of us are coming from extreme legalism. But this progression that everyone makes and its timing, it comes from the Holy Spirit and not us. Did you hear what I just said? You moving... And I'm moving. And the timing and how we get to this maturity is based on God and not each other. I don't have the power to move you. You don't have the power to move me. Amen? There are incremental changes that are happening. Some of us come from some rather interesting church backgrounds, don't we? And we've learned some things, and God has been pulling us and moving us incrementally to where he wants us, making adjustments in our ways of seeing ourselves, in our ways of seeing God, in our ways of seeing each other. Amen? The power and the timing is up to God. All right. Galatians 5, 16. I say this then... Walk in the spirit (laughs) and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, this word lust, you might want to write this down. Generally, it means strong desire or longing. Strong desire or longing of the flesh. Now, every time I see the word lust in the Bible because of my church upbringing and how I decided to process it, I immediately assume that the scripture is overwhelmingly talking about sexual sin. But in the context here, that's not really what's going on. Uh Uh-oh. Now, don't get me wrong. Sexual sin is from the flesh. And that subject should not be excluded here. We'll talk about that later. But the problem in the Galatian community is unity. All right. I knew that was going to take a minute to kind of sit in. What are you talking about, Pastor? Remember, there's two different groups. We've got the Jews and the Gentiles. And they're all coming together into the same church. And the Jews are strict, but too strict. (laughs) And the the Gentiles are extremely loose. (laughs) And they need to be tightened up. The Jews come to church like, oh, 
and the Gentiles come in church. Hey! Woohoo! Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and that is all sitting in one church, <laughs> in one area. They was like, whoa! How are we going to work this out? All right? Now, watch this. Lust means generally, okay, strong desire or longing to the flesh, okay? Stay with me. The lust of the flesh at the entry level. Okay, don't go too far, Jim. Go back. The flesh, the fleshly carnal tendency was to think, here we go, separation between God and man, was to think that with human finite minds, we have the ability to straighten everybody out. Yep. I know it all. I've been saved 25 years. Let me tell you what you need to do. <laughs> God is telling us here in this 16th verse, if you don't walk by the Spirit, you will fulfill your internal lust craving or longing generally, and you will mess something up. Do you see? There's a through line here. That's why I love context, because context corrects me all the time. I want to think it's about something else. No, it's not really about that. That doesn't really fit the context of what's happening here when you talk about the beginning of all the chapters of Galatians, you know, from 1 to 5. That's not what's happening here. Amen? The lust of the flesh at its entry level, yes, it's true, is forbidden physical pleasures. Sleeping around, sex out of the context of marriage, hooking up, creeping up, creeping down, living with your boyfriend, all kinds of stuff you're supposed to be, that you're not supposed to be doing, all that stuff. Having sex with folks with the same sex and the not sex and I don't know what sex I am anymore, all that stuff is the, <laughs> that's entry level. That's entry level lust. But watch this, people. Level one is the obvious stuff. It's not so obvious to us. You know what I mean? This other stuff. It's the not so obvious stuff that gets bias. Amen? It's the other stuff that causes the disease in the body too. Not just you sleeping around. Huh? It might be your inability to walk in the spirit before you open your mouth. Bless the Lord. Oh, here we go. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, verse 15. Can you get it for me? Walk in the spirit. Why? Because if we back up, but if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. Now give me 16 again. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. This I say then. What's that connected to? Going back to 15. Are you seeing the connection? But if ye bite and devour one another. You see that? So this is not, this is not just about you and your individual purity here. There's some another's here that we need to look at. 
If you bite and devour one another, take heed that you are not being consumed one of another. What does this mean, Pastor? Okay, agape love. But if you bite, which means to vex and irritate and get on someone's very last nerve, <laughs> and devour, which means to set one ablaze with anger, with arguments, ooh, if you irritate and vex and make me angry with your persistent arguing, Ooh, take heed that you're not consumed one of another. Now, there's a word that hit me. That's what changed everything for me. Consume means to take away, to cause to disappear, to put out of sight. People may not leave the church, but they will leave your local assembly because of your funky, self-righteous attitude. You put people out of sight. You consume people in the church. That's what he's saying. Oh, my goodness. All because of something or someone that's not exactly like you. You don't recognize what God is doing and that he's still in control no matter what it looks like. You don't know where they are at that time. And you say something that's unnecessarily going to cause friction. Walk in the spirit before you open your mouth. I know we've been here. Two different cultures. Coming from two different directions. Kind of like being, you know, when we were on the road coming from Kentucky. Thank you, Lord. We were on one side of the road and there were not three lanes. It was just one lane. And then on this side... There was just one lane. But the cars are coming in two different directions. Amen? Two, like a two-way street. Right? Here's the thing, saints, I want you to see. Jesus has the ability to correct two different Christians coming from two different places at the same time. Did you catch that? If they belong to them, they may be at various stages of maturity. The problem comes when we're too busy looking at each other and not looking at Jesus. I think you're too liberal. I think you're too conservative. We can see all this division that's happening in families and homes and churches. You know what I mean? The problem comes in, I think you're too this, I think you're too that. Well, I think you need to loosen up with your legalistic self. I think you need to... You don't tighten up with your loose. Look at you. Look how you're living. And if we don't say it externally, we carry it inside. I think everything you do is a sin. (laughs) Well, I think you're too legalistic. Jesus is working on both of us and bringing both people to balance in different areas of their lives. If we keep our eyes on Jesus, then we won't get into conflict. He's working on things that you may not be able to understand in the other person. Stay in your lane. Two cars can go in two different directions. 
Uh, if they keep their eyes on Jesus, two Christians can come from two different directions. If they keep their eyes on Jesus, we're on the same road. We got two different lanes here. But if you stay in your lane, you'll give me enough space to progress in the timing of Christ. So if I pass you, even though we're coming from two different places, there's not a collision. Let Jesus direct the traffic and not you. Oh, 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 somebody needs to get this. This is my message. This is what God has been trying to teach me. Jamie, I got it under control. I got it under control. Let these people grow. Amen. I'm not saying you don't point out sin, but you better be coming full of the spirit when you do. Amen, David? Some of you may not like this. It's okay. One Christian says, I never drink anything and I don't hang out with anybody that does. Another believer is drinking and in the process with Jesus of no longer becoming or being an alcoholic. Amen? One day, that person gets delivered from alcohol. Then the tables turn. The person who wasn't drinking out or wasn't drinking or hanging out with the folks that drink, they are now selected by the Holy Spirit, led into the wilderness to be tempted and tested and tried with some things that they've never gone through before. And they were okay <laughs> when they were saying all that stuff because they weren't being tested. But now that God has allowed them to go through some stuff they never thought they'd go through, now they're like, I need a drink. I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what. I'm, I'm, I'm about to lose my mind. I, and isn't it ironic that the person that you was talking about, the person that you didn't understand their process, huh, the person that got delivered is the very prayer partner you need in this situation to pull you out because they understand some things that you don't understand and they can help you skip through some stuff that you don't have to go through. But if you bite and devour one another, you cut yourself off from access to the power in the body of Christ that you need and your healing won't come because you don't kicked out the very person that God was trying to use to help you. Are you hearing me? Oh, Holy Spirit, help us. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Let the Lord direct the traffic. <laughs> Let the Holy Spirit speak to you as far as the unity. Huh? Walk in the Spirit. Amen? We're not as good as we think we are. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust, whatever that is, amen, of your carnal nature, of your flesh. This is not just the remedy from abstaining from sinful activities for the individual, as I said. This is the solution for abstaining from unnecessarily, unnecessary conflict and collisions with other individuals who are at a different place of Christian maturity than you. Okay. 
I'm not talking about letting people slide. What I'm saying is be careful when you open your mouth to point out something. You don't know what God is doing in that individual. Be patient. Be kind. Be loving. Remember how far he brought you. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget how it felt when folks was talking bad about you and they, they had, you see, see, if I'm honest with myself, there are some things that I can do that you can't do, Charlotte. There's some things that you can do that I cannot do. If we're in the same grocery store and I walk by the counter where we can check out, okay, and I got my groceries and I've got, you know, my bread and my ham hocks and my chicken, whatever I'm buying, and you got your stuff, right? You can go through that line and we could pass through the same uh, magazines that they have on the side. And maybe you're affected in one area and I'm not. You know, for instance, you know, my biggest thing years ago is I couldn't look at a Cosmopolitan magazine for two weeks, you know, or, or, or rather for two seconds because of what the, they barely had anything on. You know what I'm talking about. So I struggled in that area. So I had to be very careful not to, you know, hey, just put your bread on the counter. Keep it moving. Okay. But now we're growing and that doesn't affect me so much anymore. Now I got another issue. If I see the sports car, I might look at the sports car too long. And what does that do? It causes me to lust. Now I'm the whole week trying to figure out why God ain't giving me this. (laughs) I've been living holy. Where's my Lamborghini? Why can't I drop? You see what I'm saying? That may not affect any of you. But it affected me. But we grow. We started in one area and then we move into another area. And trust me, there's going to be some other areas and some other areas. And, and the, the, the list of sins that God exposes to you is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And before you know it, you'll be walking more victoriously over many things. But if somebody comes along and does not understand your incremental process into sanctification, they can hurt you. They can damage you. They can cause you to feel things that God never sent. And that is what is happening in this Galatian church. These people come and say, you've got to add all this. You've got to add all this. You've got to add all this. And Jesus is like, I never said any of that. Leave them folks alone. I got them. Okay? All right. Last thing and I'm done. I say, walk no, no, no. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 12, 20. Let's just look at that real quick. For I'm afraid that when I come, I won't like what I find. You won't like my response. I'm afraid that I will find quarreling, jealousy, anger, selfishness, slander, gossip, arrogance, Disorderly behavior, okay, this is what was happening. And a lot of it was coming from people who were colliding and not understanding how God was maturing each other. And they were not walking in spirit. They were, in some cases, really overly concerned about the level one of lust and not the not-so-obvious level of lust. 
Because you can do that. You follow me? Amen. So back to Galatians 5.16. I'm done. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You put this together. Then I say, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of your flesh. You might be right in your doctrine. You might be absolutely right. And I think I heard David say that today. You could be religious and talking about religious things and totally right. You know? Okay? You know your word. You know your word. But you could be wrong in your method. You could be wrong in how you're looking at the individual. Your ability to size your brother and sister up might not be that accurate. If you approach people filled with you and how right you think you are, you're doing it not fully aware of the fact that you may be carrying with you a biting and a devouring spirit that is not of God. Jesus is much better than you or me at bringing people to the place he wants them to be. Amen. Be careful to walk in the spirit and not in your flesh. Why am I saying this? Because if we got any chance of growing in this church, we're going to have to be careful how we receive people. And when they come in, they're not going to look like you. Maybe they haven't sat through all of our Bible studies. Maybe they haven't heard the same word for 10 years. Some of them are coming out of some stuff. Just like we came out of some stuff. Amen. 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 Be careful to walk in the spirit and not in your flesh, thinking that just because you are presenting a religious topic to someone for their correction, that you are incapable of presenting your position in a fleshly way that will not lead to godly results. And that's what we want. We can get in the way. Amen. When you don't walk in the spirit, you hurt people. I've done this. I've do you, do you look, I'm look, can we have a moment of truth? I have done this. Because of where I came from, the weapon that God forged me in, as you know, I came out of some stuff. And so when I came into ministry, I was like, that was me. You know, when I closed my eyes, I was like, just on guard. And there's this big old God that's like, I've got all of this under control. Would you calm down, please? Calm down. Don't add to what I said, Jamie. Don't allow them to do what I said that they should not do. But by me, all means, fill yourself with the joy of your salvation. That will change your come across. I know whom I have believed. I'm persuaded he's able to keep. Huh? That was he committed unto him against that, against that day. I'm, I, I know where I'm going. This thing is settled. I'm, it's done. I didn't do it. I didn't add to his work. I just trusted him. Now, when I talk to the individual that looks very much like they ain't going to make it. I don't forget where I came from. Are you getting it? Are you getting it? 
There's no sense in evangelizing if they're going to run into the wrong spirit. (sighs) And they get consumed and we put them out of sight, make them disappear. Father, we thank you so much for this word. We ask God that you would continue by your spirit to change us and transform Transforming Love Christian Center. Help us to realize how necessary it is for us to walk in your spirit. Help us to realize, God, that we come from some things in our background that can steer our conversation and steer our motives and skew how we see your body to the point to where we don't promote that agape love, Father. We promote that navel-watching, gazing, self-concerned attitude where we size up people in a way that's not like you and don't see their value and freak out. (laughs) Help us to calm down and trust you. I pray, Father, that you would balance this message in every way because I know what's coming next week. But I pray, Father, that, they, that this church will feel the impact of what you're saying to us today, God. That this will be a New Year's message, Father, for this year to where we are cognizant of the fact that we need to walk with you because we should not trust ourselves. We don't know everything we think we know. Help us let you direct the traffic. Help us to go with your timing and not our rushed expectation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. I'm not that scared of Omicron, but it does. It is serious. It's real. And, and it will cause some people to be absent. Sometimes the last minute, I go to restaurants and I find out they're short staffed. 